Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 140. This is Sports, and I'm Sean. Joined with me, we have Off-Road Pumpkin Andy. Hello. Tony Katz. Yes. And executive producer Luke in studio. Finally made it. Long walk. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Didn't roll in here with this hoverboard either, we noticed. No, I didn't sweep the house today. Mm, that's when he's on the hoverboard but uh thank you for tuning in hitting that subscribe button share with a friend and check out our entertainment pod um that is out now as well uh if you're listening to that you'll be curious because i do say a couple of times that sports is not coming out until the following day but andy decided to throw a curveball at the production team and let us know andy hey uh yeah we're, we're letting these both out on thursday the 24th so don't be alarmed. Sports is actually here, and it is still Thursday. It's not Friday. All right. Well, shall we jump on in and just kick off with kickoff night of basketball? Yeah. Opening night happened last night, and um, we had Pelicans, Raptors, and Lakers, Clippers. Yeah, it was uh, really disappointing that Zion ended up getting hurt. Awful. Right at the end of your preseason, and he's going to be out a couple months, but... What's scary is that this reminds me a lot of Blake Griffin, who had a really good preseason and then had a, a similar knee injury, ended up missing his entire rookie year. Um, so I hope that doesn't happen with Zion. I hope uh, he'll take this time to like maybe get on like a, a vegan diet or something and maybe yeah. lose ten pounds or something and just put just have a little less stress. Oh uh, yeah, his I'm knees. a I'm a little worried for Zion just because if I'm being honest, just because he is a big boy and like what he does is those big jumps and stuff. And it's, you have to imagine that's got to be difficult on those knees. And if he ends up having, you know, you hope not, but if he does end up having like knee issues throughout his uh, career, that's going to take away his effectiveness of like, cause that's yeah. his game is being able to like be quick and drive in and dunk. I mean, he's not going to beat you with his mid range jump shot most nights or anything mm-hmm. like that. So what's his weight? Like, a lot. I think it's two two seventy or two eighty or yeah, something. Yeah, it's ten pounds more than LeBron, I think. Yeah. He's he's the second um highest weight behind Boban. Who is like seven four now. So like they he, said he weighs he weighs more than uh Przingis. And what's his weight or his height? Six you know? seven? It's it's kind of crazy. Two eighty four yeah. and he has six foot seven. Yeah. Two eighty four. Yeah. That's a lot of mass. And yeah, and he jumps a lot on the and he can jump better than most, if not, honestly, probably maybe anybody right now in the NBA, you would think. Does it have his vert on there, too, wherever you're looking? Yeah, I don't know. Like, mm. so it's it's, it's impressive. Does it have, have a 40 time? Yeah. Ooh. Sorry about that. Can you pop that open for me? So, uh, huh? LeBron's James. I just trimmed my fingernails. I can't get underneath that. James is only <laughs> 250. Yeah, I think... Uh, he dropped some weight. I think James has lost some weight over Doing the last some, years. Uh, weight Watchers Taco Tuesday. I think it's what what you should do. You see, like, because the game is getting smaller in that sense, that why not everyone just cut? You saw, like, Dwight Howard cut some weight. He looks thin. Um, I think they said, like, cut, 30 pounds or something. But, yeah. Um, Still has those massive shoulders. And we'll talk Weird more about... Weird hair and head. Yeah, we'll talk we'll more talk about more, him. <laughs> we'll talk more about shoulders later. Yeah. Well, we will. <laughs> We still we have to give Canada its due. They're very upset that we won't talk about their uh, defending national championship team, the Raptors. Oh, there's nothing who, to talk about. Who they yeah, did they did win their opening game in overtime against the Zionless Pelicans. Yeah, we will uh, not be talking the about the Raptors Lakers much. They, this is year. Who they beat? Yeah, so 
Yeah, that team was still had a lot of a lot of guys though, with JJ yeah. Redick and you know Drew Holiday, along with yeah all those former Lakers. Um, but in the on the Raptors side, they did you know of course they lost Kawhi and they lost Danny Green as well, who both played in the, the second game. But they're kind of their holdovers, or at least their young holdovers were great. Siakam had thirty four and Van Vliet had like thirty two or something. I'm just like, okay, well if those guys have their thirty a game, then they'll be good again but that's just not going to happen so and you said a, a thing uh about sayakam last night you want to say it again do you remember it i do not <laughs> i don't know what was it yeah it seems like you remember it yeah geez you want to fill us in <laughs> i don't know oh. i don't know if andy wants to say it you could this could be an uproar on twitter andy's already kind of notoriously hated him. so i remember i said something like Someone would say this in the 90s, but um, they wouldn't say it now. So, and I don't remember what it was, though. Google yeah. it. Google what Andy said? <laughs> yeah. It was some reference to him being African that would be oh, racist Andy. or Oh, <laughs> Like a pun. But, like, you'd hear, like, Stuart Scott would have said it on SportsCenter. Oh, no, now you're just, you're just digging yourself deeper. You're being racist and bringing up dead I'm, guys? I'm bringing up a guy who was a 90s SportsCenter guy. <laughs> but I don't remember what it was. Was it said on TV at one point in time? Definitely. No, it was something I said would have been said oh. that one of the one of the people would have said it in the '90s because you would have been got away with it, but now you wouldn't. You should post a clip of it on. Uh... I don't think Luke understands what we're saying. No, I'm saying uh, like give an example. There's no example. There's oh. it's specific. <laughs> oh, jeez. And what I'm saying, I don't remember. I actually don't remember, so mm. I'm gonna have to ask you at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um. And we can talk about this because this is between both of the games. Hulu. That's how we were streaming it. I'm sure some of you at home were as well. Piece of shit. I've never had that big of a problem with Hulu. And it was a heaping cesspool of gonorrhea for your eyeballs last night. They downsized on their servers or some shit. Oh. They weren't prepared. Uh, you had the World Series Apparently, game going. No, People that, like sports. You know what? Being prepared is BS. Because how many commercials have you seen? With some professional athlete and Hulu, and then just dumping cash. No Hulu shit. Hulu has less sports. Yeah, they, I mean, put, they, they used all their the fucking money. cash on the damn uh, well, commercials. I mean, it's also it's Disney, so they have more money than everyone in the world, so they should be able to afford it. Just as we said, it was lack of preparation. They tried to didn't realize. Oh, we should probably have more this servers might, out there. I might be under a rock, but Hulu's owned by Disney now. Yeah, yeah, it started. How's that even possible? So Hulu, Hulu started out. Disney owns everything. Yeah, Hulu started out as a joint venture between Disney, Fox, and Comcast. Mm. So like the big That's networks. That's why it's a little shittier than. So uh, then when they Netflix. bought, yeah, when they bought um, Fox, mm-hmm. now they own sixty six percent. How are you allowed to see ads for a paid service? Like that should be an amendment in that's, our constitution. When you pay for a service and you receive ads, that's bullshit. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's what... There's a reason you, why you pay a ticket. You can choose not to. Huh? You can yeah. choose not to. Yeah, you got to pay more. I know. It's, it's like, bullshit. It's like five bucks and we do it, but oh. some shit still Capitalism. shows up. I don't understand. Uh. I would like to hear what they have to say and maybe throw everyone a free month because that was ridiculous. Oh, they don't care. Because I care. And we're. I will go to the goddamn Supreme Court with this shit. We will not rest. Twitter. Twitter's more effective than the Supreme we will, Court. No, I hate Twitter. You're going to get something rest. in eight years. <laughs> I mean, we made multiple tweets about it. It, it wasn't effective. They don't care. Huh. I mean, How many... Was it trending at all? The Oh, yeah. Then it, they heard it. No, they know. You heard it. It's like, you know, casting your vote, you know? It's a popular vote. 
in that yeah. era, electoral college. I think I think about. what they're thinking is it's never going to be like that again, where you have Game One of the World Series and the start of the NBA season at the same time. So many people wanting to watch the you know so-called live sports. Yeah, that if everyone's watching the Super Bowl at once, that's different. I don't know how you can't not predict that. Uh, yeah, they were. You know what's scheduled. Maybe on their board they have no sports fans that didn't understand. Or they're just no. cutting budgets. Yeah. No, no, I don't think Disney is in the business of cutting budgets right now. They're bunch in the business of saving money. Sports. What? I said a bunch of nerds that don't even watch sports, probably. Yeah, it could be the case. They're just. Luckily, the majority of it was for that Raptor Raptors Pelican uh, game, and then about the second half when that baseball game was over, is when it got pretty good. Yeah, we had some. It was smooth, I would say, for the most part, during the second half of the Lakers Clippers, which was the uh, the matchup we were all waiting for. Mm-hmm. Of course, being our our local teams here, who uh, each acquired a top four player, I would say at least. And then you know the Clippers also got Paul George, and the Lakers got Jared Dudley, so that probably cancels out. Although you know George didn't play. Um, I really wish you know, Andy, I'll just slip that one right past you guys. I really between, wish Clippers lost. The difference so that, between us, Sandy, and you is that we're not afraid to admit that the Clippers are good and are a better team. We don't just sit here and be like, oh, like, like you're would, over here thinking the Chargers are still going to probably make the playoffs. Well, you know, no, I gave up on them. You before. know, if the Clippers lost, we probably wouldn't even have a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Andy would be arrested it. for yeah. burning down a house. Being more, but I'm saying like we don't play like we have a poster of these. I mean, cheer like we have a poster of these guys in our room. Like it's like hey, you know the Clippers are a good team. We respect that. We understand yeah. that. I like the Clippers and I root for them almost every time except for when they play the Lakers. I'm saying they're a very deep team. But I mean, Andy when they he gets nervous, great. he's like Danny Green's not going to hit a three every game. It's like oh no. <laughs> well, let's get into the serious analysis. <laughs> Danny Green's not going to score 28 a game. You got to do that That's voice true. again. That was the <laughs> highest. Uh, that was the Andy voice. Highest points scored by some. Someone on the Laker team in the first game, I, I, someone said. Yeah. Green. Cream had 27 in like his, like his debut. debut game for the yeah. Lakers. I'm Pretty surprised good. that Crusoe put like 52 up. I don't know. That was their game. problem, honestly. That's why they lost. No, if you, if you want to get serious about what I think some of the problems Lakers have there, um, I think they did get screwed at the Kawhi thing where they. they no, I agree. They and they, they waited time. too long. They needed to get like a scoring guard. You know, Terry Rozier was out there. Yeah. Campbell Walker was out there. There was guys. Yeah, Walker was out there. I'm trying to think. There was like one or two other out there too that I would have enjoyed. And just like and they JJ Reddick, I would have been okay with. I would have loved. I think, well, that. I think they needed someone who can get the ball to the rim, which they didn't have outside of Reddick gets the ball to the rim. No, he, I mean just from the three point line <laughs> from a distance. I'm taking. You know what I'm talking about. No, I yeah. Felt, I felt like Davis and LeBron. There could have even been like Middleton was around still possibly yeah. also. Yeah. I was gonna say, but uh, no, I will say they. <laughs> what do you say? Just cut me off. Go ahead. What were you gonna? Oh, well, really quickly, what I was gonna say is that Clipper team. It is scary because that bench. So this uh, is what I was getting at with us, and this can we can relate with, especially Andy here. But with us compared to, I feel like the rest of the world, we're lucky enough that we get to, we can watch Clipper games every night they're on, whether they're at home or away, because they're our local team. Yeah. So most people out there, because I. Lakers were a three and a half point favorite yesterday. And most people, and I get it, like, you know, Paul George was was out or something, but so, I mean, Lakers had Kuzma out too, but I mean, the wrong team was clearly favored in that game, especially because it was the Clippers court shirts, LA, and they were like, oh, you know, two thirds of the fans, maybe we're still going to be Laker fans, that's, but. That's because of the enthusiasm about the Lakers. You saw about how so much money came in on them uh, for the championship. Yeah. Said about a third of all bets placed but were on the Lakers. What, what I'm getting wow. at is I also think the public people that don't get to watch Clipper games every day like us don't know Montrez Harold, mm-hmm. first off. Yeah. And that guy, I the moment Blake Griffin left, 
He stepped up. 17 and points And he has last been night. very good. He brings energy. He's a good rebounder. He can score. He gets fouled a lot. You know, he's just got to work on I mean, he's not a horrible free throw shooter, but he could definitely be better. And I'm getting out. I feel like most people don't know who he is. And maybe most people don't even know that how effective Lou Williams is. So it's like you just think, oh, Paul George is out. And it's the Clippers, in my opinion, still right now, especially once you get Paul George, are a ladder better oh, than the Lakers right now. Crazy. The thing that's gonna that the Lakers are going to need is Teamwork. at the trade deadline somehow being able to snag maybe a guy like Iguodala that can play defense or maybe if there's a shot in the dark, maybe Chris Paul finally comes here where he mm-hmm. belongs. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't think they necessarily need more guys. I think they just need a little oh. more teamwork. Well, I, if you look at if you watch like LeBron and Davis the whole time, like they were trying to make plays, like trying to do like a bat, little back and forth, and they've just been well. So it's many like and Andy made this comment though, and he's open. and he's like, not fully wrong. As there was a play when something like that happened, and Andy said, "Well, that's what happens when you only have like two main guys." Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it was true there. I mean, those other guys on the court at the time, you got. They, What's the other, you just got good, like, kind of name, role guys that if they're left the open, like, you have Quinn Cook. He had a few points. Who? I forgot his name. Um, they just have so many guys, and I think the, the problem, they don't know. so many new faces. It's they don't know who, who is going to play. I don't think it's going to be, like, 15 minutes for Dwight Howard, 15 minutes for McGee, 15 minutes for Troy Daniels, 15 minutes for Quinn Cook. Yeah. One of those guys is going to beat each other out. Also, they also. And then they'll get more experience playing together. But we're also but. not factoring in too much as, as Laker fans, or at least for us that are Laker fans in here. It's also that was uh, Vogel's first game coaching them also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I there's mean, a, that's still that was his coaching there. debut as well. So, I mean, he's got to figure out stuff. But I think it's a good test for them. I mean, they played, in my opinion, the best team in the NBA first. And then they go and play another tough game against Utah Friday when tickets are only 140 bucks. <laughs> yeah, Wrecking Ball was trying to get us to go. <laughs> yeah, produ- uh, 140 for leaders. No, see, that was the joke yesterday and mm. is that uh, Wrecking Ball Joe was – trying to convince me to go to the Laker game with him tomorrow because he said, or on Friday, because he said, and his way of convincing me was, tickets are only $140, but it's high up, and that is not a good way to convince me. No. <laughs> you could that have is not a, worth it. Last night, I think, was 160 I'd rather go to opening night against the Clippers. Also, I'm not even sure what he was looking at. I can't imagine a Laker jazz game for, like, crazy seats or... What is it about the expensive? jazz that he was so jazzed about? Oh, oh He's a big Bogdanovich guy? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the Jazz will be good, but if you use like super excited, it's the Jazz. It's like really like it's they're from Utah. They're not not the biggest uh, draw usually. Um, yeah, but if you you should know Joe by now. It's, yeah, he'll cheers just, once that ball's in the air. He doesn't care who shoots yeah. it. <laughs> he just wants to be there. Um, but yeah, like this is not the that team of the Lakers fielded is not going to be their team. They didn't have Kuzma. You, I don't know how that's going to work because I don't think he fits actually with the team. Yeah, we'll but see. Cause you gotta Kuzma's, see. Kuzma's getting ready. I feel like to get into that role where he wants the ball, maybe with twelve seconds left in the game, down yeah. by one or two. You know, like he's getting to that point. So it'll be, and he's getting some uh, swagger, as they'll say, but the white folks call it confidence. And uh, he's starting to, I feel like, get that confidence where he's ready to make kind of like the really big step to kind of be like, hey, I'm an all star in this league, and I have superstar talent type stuff. So it'll be interesting. But yeah. And it will, and if he doesn't work out, does he still have trade value and they can make a deal? To, like from watching yesterday, I think, I think what they need is they need a point guard that yeah. looks towards the basket. And that with LeBron and Anthony Davis, you have 
versatility, but they need kind of like like a Lou Williams, someone who yeah. will fit in at another point in the game to come in and to take over to give them kind of a rest like, or whatever. Yeah, that'd be so. great. But when they made that, they did go on a, what was it a twelve zero run or fifteen zero run 15-0 last night? Run. And when they did that, that was with LeBron on the bench. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think Danny Green hit three threes. Yeah, Danny Green had a few threes. Anthony yeah. Davis, I think, was under Quinn Cook was in there too. Yeah, and the th- the third was their best quarter, 31 points. And the fourth, they had what 17? Yeah, I remember they had zero points in the first like four minutes of it, and then mm-hmm. seven points in the first like eight, and it was just. And then honestly, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like the last minute and a half of that game there was not even a point. What was your so. comment? Well, yeah, the Clippers got like the six offensive rebounds. In yeah, a row. That, that was, was ridiculous. Yeah. Your comment during the game, uh, LeBron needs to stop doing, uh, what is it, Taco Tuesday videos? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Because <laughs> he looked like he was, it looked like he just kept turning it over, and I was like, it looks like he just wants to go home and make a Taco Tuesday video. Joe was ready to cut LeBron. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Joe uh, never well, wants to see him he, again. He already cut uh, Ingram, yeah. and that's why he's gone. People don't know that, but that's why Ingram left. Yeah, Joe has a lot of pull with the Lakers. I actually want to see this really quick. So the last basket scored in that game last night was... 213, and it was a uh, Leonard free throw. Jesus. The last two minutes of that game, there was not one point scored. Yeah, suffocating defense. Yeah. That's but it was crazy. like you said. There was a – Beverly missed a three. Leonard got the offensive rebound. Leonard missed a three. Williams got the offensive rebound. And then Brad, uh, Beverly felt bad and traveled. <laughs> yeah. Gave it back to the Lakers. Hmm. But I think the Lakers kind of need to figure out, of all those guys who – who's going to be like the main part of the rotation. Also, you had like uh, KCP, terrible. He was 0 for 3, didn't have a yeah, point. no points. Um, Avery Bradley was better, but still not like good. But it's like, are all those guys all going to play? And Jared Dudley got minutes and was evenly hit two threes. It's like Jared Dudley seems like he's 39 like at best. Like he definitely looks like he's in a dad basketball league at this point in his yeah. career. Yeah, so and that... There's, there's a lot... There's a lot and also there. that lineup that went on the 15-0 run in there was Danny Green, Caldwell Pope, Dwight Howard, Quinn Cook, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting that it's like that's not an awful five. I mean, you have Anthony Davis in there. You have Danny Green was looked like it was the playoffs against the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals, I should say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's a it was a good little first look. It was a good game for the most part. I would say it was a the Clippers did pull away and then the Lakers were able to come back and even take the lead and then it was tied going into the fourth and then yeah the Clippers that suffocating defense did come up better in the fourth LeBron didn't look too good in the fourth from what I saw yeah he only uh, had 18 points yeah the Lakers uh it just shows you this season's not going to be easy for them they're still going to have to fight and claw and I know that's what always scares me because it's like we've been so optimistic I mean the most optimistic we've been in a long time was last season Mm -hmm. and then this season obviously even more but it's like I watched last night's game a little bit, and I'm like, and I mean, all day long, I can sit here and be like, oh, but Kuzma was out. That'll help. But it's like, yeah, but Paul George was out for yeah, them. Yeah, right. It's like there's still a significant yeah, difference between George. George and Kuzma. So I don't know. It's going to be. I mean, I don't want to like curse you or anything, but the Lakers, then from, my, from my standpoint, it seems like where their team is at is kind of where the Clippers were with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, where it's like they're really good. Yeah. But they're not the best team in, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah they're definitely, and that's not. a hard. I honestly, place to be in, so. I honestly have my doubts that they're even like the second or third best. I hate to say that, but yeah. as a Laker well, fan, but I still look at that maybe that Bucks team, and I don't know. There's the that Rockets team, maybe even. I think I think the Lakers will be behind the curve because they're a new team, whereas 
Denver and the Rockets kind of know who they are already. Yeah. And that's it's going to be an advantage so over the course of the season. But, you know, in a... Yeah, I think it'll definitely... It could be a slow start, and then there could be that stretch in December where the Lakers win 10 out of 12 games or something like that. And, you know, we'll see. It's a long season. It's hard to predict. I mean, the reason why there's two teams this year that aren't going to be dominant that would be dominant is because of injuries. So, I mean, mm-hmm. shit happens. I mean, the... Warriors don't have Klay Thompson. The Brooklyn Nets don't have Kevin Durant. And it's like if those two players were both on those teams, especially more so, in my opinion, Durant for the the Brooklyn Nets, that would be also a very scary team. So, Yeah. Either way, very excited. Basketball oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun season. I think all of us, whether we're a Clipper fan or whether we're a Laker fan, I think we can all agree we're happy that the Warriors aren't the overwhelming favorite to start oh, the season. Oh, yeah. They play the Clippers tomorrow night. Yeah. I was even saying to my uncle today, it's like if the Lakers aren't in it, like in the playoffs, let's say they get a, they're get they not in it at one point and the Clippers still are, it's like I'll cheer for the Clippers. Yeah. It'd be nice to see them do something. I like the Clippers. I know it's like you can't like both teams. Obviously, I like the Lakers more, but why can't I like two teams that are in the same so ballpark? So if, if your team is the historically worse one, then it's harder to like the better team. Yeah, because I'm the same. I'm in the same position where it's like I don't hate the Angels. They, I mean, they're in a different league and everything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But if the Angels were like the Astros or something, yeah, then yes, I would hate the Angels. Yeah. So I mean, I think about, it. let's put ourselves in this mind. When the Warriors won their first championship, people yeah. what, didn't have a problem with that. It's I, like, I did because they were kind of dicks a lot of times when they played the Clippers. Okay, well, most people, yeah, most people when they liked it, maybe yeah. I shouldn't even say championship when they started playing good. Like I remember, I think we can all agree we all cheered for the probably cheered for the Warriors when Baron Davis took down Dirk oh, Nowinski. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I mean, it's not like well, he didn't. Sean didn't. He's Dirk, Dirk <laughs> guy. I'm a big Dirk fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, when those bad teams do start to become good, you like them. But then when they start to become too good, you're like, whoa, 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 settle down yeah. now. Unless you're the Yankees and you came out of the I mean, womb. The good. Patriots used to be like a pathetic NFL oh, franchise. Yeah, I don't even so know what talking like, about them. Their yeah. sore ass schedule. <laughs> Sorry, ass schedule, whatever it is. Um, do we want to get into some football chat? Yeah, I think we can uh, move That's ahead. Enough on basketball. So, uh, just a couple uh, notes about college football. There are still eight uh, teams undefeated from Power Five conferences. So, uh, Appalachia State is actually still undefeated at six and zero, but. I mean that's never gonna. It's not gonna be anything. Uh, the surprise teams, Baylor and Minnesota, are seven and zero right now. No one really saw that coming. Um, but then, then there's the, uh, you know, the top six where it's these teams are eventually gonna have to start playing each other and losing. So, I don't know. It's kind of boring. That's college football. Uh, but the uh, maybe the biggest story in college football this week was uh, Tua got hurt, and it looks like he'll be out for a, a period of time so he's no longer the Heisman favorite and uh, LSU's Joe Burrow has now moved into the lead for a Heisman favorite so that's interesting it seems like we can never get two Heisman trophy winners in a row it just doesn't doesn't happen like there's always been these guys who win it young and then something happens someone else breaks out the next year so all right ready to go into NFL yes okay. oh yeah so there's a big uh, a lot of mo- player movement over since our last episode that we had some trades before last week's games and some trades to just happen. So, uh, I mean, first of all, what happened, what happened already happened. These players already played for their new teams. The Jalen Ramsey trade, the Rams traded two future first round picks to get one of the best defensive players in football. And 
I don't know if it's a good move. I don't know if this is going to make the difference to the Rams. They're trading away their future that they it'll go they'll go five consecutive years without a first round pick from 17 through 2021. That's hard. So that means in 2022, what are they going to look like? I I know they want to win now. They were so close to winning last year, but is it worth it to trade the future? Uh yes and no. I mean, there's always, you know, trades after the draft. That's my big. I mean, that's just, they're just gonna have to keep making moves like that. I mean, I mean that that's it. I mean, defense doesn't have too many holes. Um, honestly, I would have another backup running back. I mean, they already invested so much money. I know. It's like, so it's kind of seems like if they don't win the Super Bowl over the next two years, it's gonna be a bust. And then you don't want to be bad like in your third year in the new stadium, and then there's no fans there. So it's, I don't know. I think it's it's very risky. What they're what they're doing here? I so. I, I don't think the the new stadium is really going to affect because I mean, ticket sales like I've been to a lot of games and the away team always has a good sized crowd. Yeah, I mean it's LA. Those yeah, they'll they'll sell out, but yeah. it'll be like mm-hmm. I don't know. They want it. I think they want to do well with their new stadium, but maybe not. Maybe they want to win one while they're still in the Coliseum. But yeah, I mean it's not like probably they not this year. But honestly, <laughs> I I still think they're they are the Super Bowl team. I just looking we're just watching the players especially like when you they're down in the fourth quarter like they look like almost like they're lost like they're out of energy i think they just need a couple you know good series to kind of jolt it with a good win they uh destroyed atlanta this week so yeah i know i mean atlanta's pretty bad they look honestly though it's like i don't that's probably what they needed though i don't i'm not giving up on the rams at all yet with a lot of stuff because I think what I noticed, I mean, yeah, Atlanta's not very good, but I mean, there was still a road game in the NFL. You still have to respect that. And the one thing that I noticed with the Rams that I hadn't been seeing too much of the previous games was they started playing a little bit more hurry up. And McVeigh is such like a weird mind that I wouldn't be surprised if he's, because it's so early in the year that he's okay with those losses and he's almost like not even wanting to show the league yet everything he's got. Planned. He's, he's not okay with uh, only scoring seven against the Niners at home. No, I think I'm, that, I'm sure I he's not. I'm hurt. sure he's not. So. And I mean, maybe yeah. I'm yeah. giving him too much optimism for him and like that. But I'm just saying, it looked like they started hurting up. So it looks like they are changing things a little bit. And they're the golf. only team to beat Teddy Bridgewater this season. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they did injure Drew Brees so, yeah. in the process. But yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic for them that defense. And here, that's the thing you have to count for is what that defense did. I mean, that is it's a bad Falcons team, but it's. That offense has weapons. It's got Julio Jones, it's got Matt Ryan, it's got Devontae mm-hmm. Freeman, Ridley. It won't have Muhammad Sanu anymore. Yeah, Sanu did go to the Patriots because Josh Gordon looks like he is time with the Patriots is now over. Right now. I yeah. have Gordon. Well, Dropped him. Yeah, I think it's time to drop him. Yeah. Uh, but the Rams uh, ended up trading one of their corners, Marcus Peters, to the Ravens. And if you know anything about Marcus Peters is that he's actually bad. He sucks, but he gets interceptions. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, he had a pick six against uh, Russell Wilson on his new team. Um, but I think the Rams the Rams made the move last year to get this guy because it was like a big name. And then they realized, wait, this guy's really – he's not reliable. And you really want someone more reliable there, not just a guy going for the big play. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I, I... I'm not upset about that move. Yeah. Well, elsewhere in the division, the Niners traded for Emmanuel Sanders. The Niners' receiving core is really bad. 
despite them being undefeated. So now they got a professional guy and guys contributed. Uh, Tony is a uh, probably still a fan of him. He didn't like dye his mustache or anything when he's with your team. Wait, what? Emmanuel Sanders. You have oh. no beef with him, right? Oh, uh, yeah. You're still no. cool with him. We went to the Niners. Yeah. I actually like Emmanuel Sanders because one of our good buddies, shout yeah, out to our buddy SMU, Mike, yeah. he uh, went to SMU with him, and they actually were on a team together one year, and he said they did a workout one time, and Emmanuel Sanders finished it first, and everyone was dying, and it looked like it didn't even face him. So it's, yeah, he's a good receiver. I, give, yeah. I have nothing against Productive career. So that's a good move by them, and I think they only traded like a third rounder or something, so. Uh, another a weird move was the Lions traded a starting safety to Seattle. Oh, people were really upset. Like that defense better. Who's that safety? Quandre Diggs. Yeah, I've heard. So that um, he said made the Pro Bowl last year. Um, the Lions have actually been pretty good this year, but they're two and three. I don't know what are they packing it in already. It seems kind of strange, uh, but that's a strange franchise. So, uh, but aside from the trades, we had some uh, other. Big things happen this week. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Thursday night game ended up getting hurt. And yes. there was a, a story today that he was already practicing or something. It's like, what are you guys doing? I saw that What are you too, guys yeah. doing? Like, don't, you don't need to. If you see the division they play in, they don't need to rush him back. The Raiders are three and four and might be the second best team. And they're the Raiders are going to fuck what it ta- up. What type of practice? I mean, was he just doing like foot drills and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I like, don't know. I mean, I mean, especially if he's just doing hiking and throwing. Well, like, no. It, well, I mean, it's more than that because. He practiced, and then there was a little thing that I saw afterwards that someone had sent me today that said they haven't even ruled out the fact of him suiting up now yeah, <laughs> against the Packers. So to me, I almost wonder if this is one of those things, and this could be, you know, this is right up Luke's alley, a little conspiracy stuff. This is a Sunday night game. It's been planned all year. Packers, Chiefs, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers just coming off this six-touchdown game, five throwing, one rushing. If the NFL kind of contacted the Chiefs and was like, hey, uh, if he can play – we need him to play. We don't want Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Moore. We need Aaron oh, Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Classic Pac-12 matchup. Mm-hmm. Oregon State, Cal. I love it. No one even wants to watch that today in the Pac-12. But you also have to. You can't rule out the fact that Mahomes is so young. Like the bounce back from injury. True, I bounced back is, from broken femur is, three he's months. 20, he's, what, he's 24, 23? Yeah, I mean there are free yeah. cases where people come back. So quick like that. So. I mean, I remember just me getting injured when I was 23, 24. Like, I bounced back way, probably 20 times as fast. They also Man. said it was it was a really good thing that they were able to pop that knee back in place, like, almost immediately. That it's like, yeah. they thought, like, if, if that lasted, like, five minutes, that they would have done yeah, damage. Yeah, like, actual but, damage. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, oh, I can't imagine dislocating my knee. Yeah, we'll I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> well, I mean, I can move mine around, but just no. That's your like the cap. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the whole thing. <laughs> I don't want a piece. I want the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> well, uh, elsewhere we had the Vikings put up 40 against Detroit, and uh, Kirk Cousins is now the highest-rated quarterback in the NFL by passer rating. And this was after you know after that Bears game. People were really pawing on him. What a waste of money. He's, he's a bum. And uh, he's really he's turned it around the last few weeks. He's turned it around so much that there was an Eagles player a couple weeks ago that I think, I don't know if we mentioned it, but that was talking trash on Cousins and said he's the weakest part of their offense, and then he let them up, and then two days later the Eagles actually released that player. Yeah. And I think we did talk about that, but it's just funny that like there's a little Kirk Cousins effect going on right now. He's beating up teams. Oh. He's getting players released for talking nonsense. 
I mean, it's a team to watch if this is real, if Cousins can keep it up. Because they still have they have talent all around that team. Um, another team with, with talent all around them is uh, Indianapolis Colts. You know, they lost their quarterback, but it seemed like that was disappointing because it was like the best team that Andrew Luck had around him, and then he left the game. Uh, but Ted, I was going to call him Teddy Bridgewater. Wow, that's mm-hmm. racist. Jacoby Brissett. This is a similar situation, okay? Both stepped in. Uh, Jacoby Brissett stepped into this really talented team and has led them. They're 4-2, and two, and they beat the Texans, who seemed like they had become the favorite in that division. And then the Colts, like I said, no, we're, this is still our division. And that's just they're just a good team. I think they're well-coached. They have that good offensive line. and I don't know. They'll be there. I mean, obviously, they'll play the Patriots in the playoffs and lose like 52 to nothing probably. And it'll all be for nothing. But for now, it's I guess it's uh, fun for them. Um, what's not fun is watching Chargers games. So the good thing is there's not a lot of fans to watch their games. So they don't have to uh, be sad all the time. But uh, I happen to be one of those. And the Chargers had one of the craziest losses you'll ever experience as a fan. Except I'm used to it. <laughs> they just pile these, this shit up. Like they They scored the go-ahead touchdown with 30 seconds left. And my thought was, oh, shit, that's too much time. They're going to blow this somehow. Well, they didn't blow it by letting the Titans get the ball back and scoring. They blew it by that touchdown didn't count. They were really down at the half-yard line and couldn't find a way to and get it And at that point, in. you were probably okay with that. I was, like, I was like, oh. And then I'm like, well, the worst-case scenario time. is And then even when Gordon didn't get in on first down, you're thinking like, okay, that's still fine. They're wasting clock. And then – Second down, he doesn't get in, and you're thinking still probably to yourself, like, okay, that's fine, but then he uh, lost the football. Yeah, and I... And what was weird was not only did he lose the football, didn't they... Didn't some ref call touchdown on the field also? Possibly. And then it got reviewed, yeah. and it's like, and oh, not only is down. that not a touchdown, he uh, fumbled. And the, well, then I hated also that the uh, the Titans then, like, they took the ball and started running away when the, the call oh. on the field was down. Yeah, and it was like they're just letting the clock run, and it was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" I I saw that too. I said something also when that was going on. I'm like, "What is happening right now?" But uh, that dropped the charge. It was called down, then it wasn't called touchdown. It was called down because I remember that happening. But I uh, can now confidently say that this week I will not be starting Melvin Gordon. I am going with Eckler. I uh, Eckler had like thirty something points for me, while Gordon had like 10 points with a touchdown. So that was like 70% of his points was his receiving touchdown or 60%. So he's just really, it's been three weeks now. I want to keep giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I don't know. He's got to prove something to me very soon here. There's this uh, great graphic going around where it's like, you know, like the player with the stats and stuff. And it's always like for like hype. And it's like, 38 carries, 73 yards, <laughs> 11 catches for 13 yards, yeah. 0 and 3. And it's like, oh, God, it's miserable. Yeah, I can't, it's, those it's, are, that's sad that those are real stats. It's it's the worst case scenario for him after coming back from a holdout to be like that bad. To be actually bad. Because, I mean, like, Elliot comes back from a holdout. He's got to have, what, like eight touchdowns this year or something? I mean, he hasn't, like, set the world on fire, but he's been solid. Yeah, but he's solid, been so. at least doing what you still somewhat expect. Yeah. So the Chargers are, are, are done. I think they've they're just have such bad luck that it's just it's over for them this season. And next season in the new stadium, that's gonna turn it all around, I gotta believe. Um one of our uh, least favorite players, I think, uh we can agree, Lamar Jackson had a a big day. He uh beat the Seahawks in Seattle. 
and uh, everyone's ready to uh, anoint him again. And he had under 200 yards passing. And I don't know what it is. Like, that's a good win for Baltimore. It's probably more impressive that they held Seattle to only 16 points. But it just seems like people want Baltimore to be good. And they're probably yeah. going to win that division and be tied with fall. And Marcus now. Peters had the pick six, his yeah. first game. But I'm still not sold. Um, I'm not either. I'm not. I'm still not even sold on Lamar Jackson. If they won the Super Bowl this year, I still wouldn't be sold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's happening. I think he, he's done no, it's, a it's much better job. Happening. He's done a much better job with uh, ball security this year. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it to him. I mean, he's still very young, and he, he didn't look that great last year. And then this year, he has taken a big step. So well, that's, I mean, at least optimistic for Ravens fans. And maybe he will just keep getting better. And who knows? Maybe in a few years when Tom Brady is... 55 years old and still playing for the Patriots and whatnot, that maybe he will be able to take them somewhere deep. But this year, I don't see them getting past like the, the divisional rounds. The uh, big test will be, uh, what is it, week nine against New England. Yeah. That's next week? Yeah. See, and that's I, what I'm happy about is New England's no, schedule. That's, that's the week after. I think this is week eight right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're week eight. Yeah. So week nine next. Okay. Next, okay. Yeah. The next. One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like 10 days from now. Yeah. So I think uh, what I'm excited about is that New England schedule finally does start getting tougher. I mean, for their defense, at least start giving up points. Like they play real offenses now. They play Cleveland this week. They play Baltimore next week. And then I know at some point there's Philadelphia and uh, Dallas. Dallas in there. And then I know the Chiefs are in there at some point. I imagine if Mahomes is already practicing, Mahomes is playing against Brady. Yeah, you would think so. I don't care what week that is. Mahomes is going to play against Brady right now. So I'm happy that they're going to start. Like people, hopefully that defense can start actually not doing that great, and people can realize that. Yeah, it's a. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from it. It's a good defense. Week 14. Oh yeah, that's he'll already be back then. Yeah, it's a good defense, but it needs to start playing some real offenses. I don't. I mean, the best quarterback they face so far, in all respect to him, is Josh Allen. I mean, honestly, I think Sam Darnold's probably the best thrower they faced and you saw that that was yeah and i mean ooh. like they said too this does go back to last season i mean they shut the rams down in the play in the super bowl and ever since then they've kept that momentum but i mean come on they've played the dolphins so they've played rosen they've played was it falk they played probably or whatever yeah they already played the jets once they played the jets twice yeah. now yeah so it was like falk and am i even saying that right is that what it was falk yeah. and darnold and then they faced whoever's the Redskins quarterback at the time was like Keenum or something. I think Colt McCoy played that game. McCoy. And then they've played uh, Daniel Jones. (laughs) It's it's a, it's a, and then I can't even think of the other, Josh Allen was the other one. And then I'm missing Barkley too, for the fourth quarter. Yeah. They really got right. Yeah. They got lucky. They didn't play Allen for the whole game. They played. And then, yeah, um, I'm missing one team though, that they've beat. (laughs) I know they're. I got to think at the bottom of the division because they've only played bad teams. Oh, oh, the Steelers. They beat Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> they ended All his right. career. Yeah, that's right. So they played. They beat Roethlisberger too. And so I, I take it back. Roethlisberger is the best quarterback they've faced, but that was bad. I like how my mind just blanked yeah, that out. It didn't I'm like, happen. oh, they've only played shitty quarterbacks, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, they've played your favorite team week one <laughs> and kicked their ass thirty-three zero. They've won th- like thirty-three zero like four different times this year. How many shutouts do they have? Two. I mean, at I least know. two. I, I did do they see have a, three? <laughs> I did see a stat that with all their defensive touchdowns that they have this year, that if the offense never took the field, they would be 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. That's stupid. <laughs> that they have, they have like but what they're not factoring is that the offense... Never mind. I don't know yeah. what I was trying to say there. 
They're just saying the, if you took away all their offensive points. Yeah. I, that's annoying. Yeah. So the last football story I just want to mention. Uh, the Cowboys seem to turn it around after losing three straight. They handled the Eagles pretty easily. And this was – remember this was an Eagles team that seemed to be the NFC favorite. Everyone was really excited about the Eagles and they have – Great players at every position, and their season hasn't really turned out all that well. Um, so the Cowboys took care of business; they won. They're now leading that division. They got the inside track. I think. I think they'll they'll be fine. I think people overreact to Cowboys losing, much like a lot of high profile teams. You know, high profile teams like the New York Yankees, who their fans are, you know, like going to kill themselves because they haven't won a World Series in ten years. Yeah, and it's just like, come on, guys, relax. It's not that bad. A lot of teams be very happy with what the Yankees did this last decade, um, including losing to the Astros in the uh, ALCS, which was uh, quite quite the exciting finish. I don't know if you happen to catch that. The uh, DJ LeMahieu, their big signing, hitting that game tying home run. Oh, I did. I actually did Astros watch that closer. game, and then right away, Altuve, the shortest man. In baseball comes up. Altuve, I, I actually posted this on my own Instagram though, but Altuve is the real life version of Pablo Sanchez from Backyard Baseball. It's incredible because I didn't believe in him when I saw when the when the game was tied. I'm like, the Astros are going to win this shit on a walk off. I, I guarantee it. Oh yeah. And then when it was two outs and Altuve up, I'm like, okay, it's going to go to eleven and then the win. No. You know what I actually thought was going to happen there? Because I think the count started off like 2-0 and or something like that. I thought what was going to happen was he was either going to walk or he would hit a single and they would have runners on first and second, runners on the corners. And then I thought it was going to be Bregman that was going to end it with like a walk-off single or double or something. But then he hit it. And it was funny because then they showed Araldis Chapman and all he could do was kind of just smile, laugh. Like, yeah. I can't believe that just happened. Here's this guy, 6-6 we'll call him or whatever Chapman is. Throwing down at 101 miles an hour to a five foot. Okay, here's the thing. What what do they claim Altuve is like five eight, five six? I think they say five eight. Okay, so. that it's they're being nice. He's definitely like five five, maybe five six. Yeah, he's not five eight. Because if you look at him up there, to guys that are probably like six one, six two playing shortstop, he looks like he's to their like waist. He's not five eight. I'll give him five five yeah. maybe. He certainly is inspiring, though. Oh, no. He's a great player. You can't dislike Altuve. And you know what makes me happy, to be honest? <laughs> that that happened was in the game prior when they were at New York and Altuve came up, the Yankee fans were chanting, fuck Altuve. And it was almost like they could foreshadow. <laughs> yeah, I think those Yankees fans are just they're a little, they're a little crazy right now. Uh, they're not taking their losses as well as uh, us Dodgers fans. They're just not as responsible. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We understand the playoff losing way better than they do. What happened to you? I moved on. Oh, yeah? After? Yeah. I'm still here. How many holes did you put in the wall? (laughs) Just one? Uh, No, just zero. That's good. I I, I moved past those days. Oh, yeah? So, Mm -hmm. we're good. Um, But this has uh, led to uh, the matchup we have now in the World Series. The Nationals and Astros, which is probably the best starting pitching matchup we've ever seen in a world series when you look at the the top three um, on both teams that like i don't know what you think about grinky he's probably not as good as those other five but the guy's had a great career and is you know one of the best pitchers of his of his era yeah and it's still pretty effective so just like crazy that how 
great that is, but the difference I I think in the series is that the Astros just have a way deeper lineup, but the Nationals guys hit yesterday. Uh, Soto is a star. I don't think he's I don't think he's the best guy in the series, but he seems to think he is, and he just plays with that confidence. And uh, I don't know if you have an update right now. It was two two last I saw. It is. I'm looking right now. It's two two in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, the Astros have a runner on second with two outs, and Strasburg has thrown about seventy pitches through three and two thirds. Yeah, that's that's what's interesting here and is Verlander's that Verlander's thrown sixty two through four. Yeah, the uh, the Astros were able to make a little comeback because they were able to knock out Scherzer pretty early and get to that uh, Nationals bullpen, yeah. which they don't trust anyone. I read a story that Daniel Hudson doesn't even trust himself. Also, he, Patrick Corbin hasn't been very good in this playoffs that I've seen. I think he might have done so, all right against St. Louis, but even then I think I remember seeing him come in and give up a few hits. Well, Cor- yeah, Corbin actually came in as a reliever because they actually they need relievers right now. Daniel Hudson, who's has been their closer said he doesn't want to be the ninth inning guy which is like that's not a good sign <laughs> um, and that's honestly that's a bad sign for your team too because you want even if you're struggling you still want to be like have the comments be like i want the ball well, what he says it's not that he's struggling he's like he knows he's not a strikeout guy and it's like well you want that strikeout guy but it's like hey if you're if you're the best performer right now you know you should you should go out there so i just can't see them and you say Strasburg's getting you know they're working his pitch count up it can't last that they they won't be able to do what they did against the, the Dodgers where their top three guys pitched like such a high percentage of their innings that they're going to have to go deeper. They're going to have to get – Anibal Sanchez is going to have to pitch as well as he did in the uh, championship series. So even though they won game one, I think you probably agree with me, they're not going to win this series. Yeah. so I, I, I do. I think Astros – I originally was going to say Astros in five – now I'll say Astros in six. I think Astros pulled out tonight. I think they're able to take two out of three in Washington because I just that's just what I think. And I think it'll be 3-2 coming back to Houston game six, and then Astros will win that. But if Washington happens to win tonight, because, I mean, it is just tied, then I don't know what I'll believe because you have to imagine Washington will win at least one out of three at home the way they're playing, and then it will get tricky. But then at that point, if the Astros were down 2-0, there would definitely be value in Houston because I imagine Houston would go to like three to one to win the World Series or something. So, yeah, especially going to, to Washington. So yeah, it's now the end of the fourth. Still two two, and all those runs came in the first inning. It was a Rendon two run double and then a Bregman two run home run. So two of the big hitters were the ones that uh, got it going tonight. Yeah, and uh, before we uh, end this show, I do want to uh, bring up a story that I think you would enjoy telling me. Okay. Maybe you even know about this, that uh, Joe West, the umpire, sometimes mm-hmm. known as Cowboy Joe West, mm-hmm. he is uh, suing Paul LaDuca because on Paul LaDuca's podcast... Okay, I'm going to stop you really quick. I listened to that podcast, all their episodes, and I enjoyed it. It was Paul LaDuca, and it was the guy that used to play like on the offensive line for uh, for the Carolina Panthers or something. And their podcast was good. And, like, you know, they openly would talk about sports betting and stuff, and they would talk about events that happened. And they got, like, pretty, like, it seemed like saying stuff that I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder if, like, former players would want them saying some of this stuff. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 
a new episode never came out and this was well over a year ago and I never heard from them again. So I always thought in my head, like, I wonder if they got in trouble almost for like saying too much stuff. So go on. I'd like to hear now so, why he's yeah, seen them. On an episode of the pod of his podcast. I don't know. I already forgot the, what the uh, name of it was. Yeah, I looked it up. It, said it, was, it was on the Action Network is what they said. So it's, yeah. it's gambling. Um, yeah. Um, so Laduca told a story about when he first came to the Mets and Billy Wagner was on the team. So Billy Wagner got called into the game and Wagner told him, told Laduca to like set up a little further outside. And Laduca's like, no way. Joe West hates me. He never gives me outside strikes. And Wagner's like, nobody loves me. He'll give me those. And then Wagner ended up striking out the side. And he told Paul Duca, I let Joe West borrow my car. It's a really nice, like, old classic car, and he loves those. So that's why he gives me a bigger strike zone. So he's accusing an umpire of cheating or, yeah. you know. And especially not just fraud. an umpire, probably the most famous baseball umpire yeah. right now. Um, so, of course, Joe West is saying that's your harming my reputation. And it's not true at all. He's like, that's, you know, I would never do that. But also... They looked up like the game log, like there was never a game that Billy Wagner pitched to Paul LaDuca and struck out the side against the Phillies. And like they tried to look, maybe he got it wrong. Maybe it was the Cardinals and they just couldn't find something that matched that story at all. So he basically was telling a bullshit story? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's embellishing something that happened, but it seems, it seems like the weirdest payoff is like, you get to drive my car. (laughs) Did Billy Wagner ever like strike out so they said billy wagner never struck out a side with laduca as the umpire i mean as the catcher yeah with joe west as the umpire but dude that's so funny you brought that up because i honestly did enjoy that podcast because i thought it was cool because it was like you get to see like oh these are retired players and it's pretty funny to think like how they all like they gamble now and then talking about uh uh how they were talking about experiences like there was a time where laduca said when he was on the dodgers and there was an incident with like i think oral hershizer was still on the dodgers when laduca got there was he Maybe for like a year. That I think that's what it was. Very, I think they said he was like, like when old. he was a rookie and or yeah. was on his way out. Like this yeah. must have been like ninety nine or two thousand yeah. or something. And I think he was like old, but he said that there was an incident where there was like gambling on like the bus, and something happened with Oral Hershiser or somewhere did something. I don't remember the story exactly, but it almost led to like a fight yeah. or something. And Hershiser was involved, and it's like they're just telling these stories, and I'm just thinking to myself like, I mean, some of these are like personal stories that I imagine it's like locker room talk. Like, you yeah. know, you should never bring that out. But I think, I think it's funny and cool to think that like you get these former players that once they're retired from the game, they're like, oh, you know, I like sports betting. It'll be fun. Like, I know my stuff. I was in it because that's like Pat McAfee. He was saying how uh, the retired Colts guy, yeah. who's actually a really funny guy. I was listening to uh, one of his little podcast things and he was talking about how he gambles now, uh, now that he's retired and said like, it's one of those things where when you're like in college and in the pros, like they staple it in your head, like do not gamble while you're a professional player. It's not worth like what could happen to you. And they even said, I don't remember if he said he was in college or in the pros, but they even had like a former mafia boss talk to them and say like, you know, it's not worth it because if somebody ever finds out that you were like fixing games on your own or for like a buddy or something, and that happened to be a game against like the mob. And they found out that the game they had money on was actually fixed on the other side they'll it's not pretty and stuff like that and obviously you know you look back to like the 70s and 60s 70s 80s whatever maybe when the mob was more in control of stuff and was able to like fix stuff like the boston college stuff and other little scandals it's like street boxing yeah you know so it's like 
Brad Pitt. You know, they obviously don't have that much power anymore with that stuff. But it's just kind of funny how he was even saying there was a game that he had bet on recently. It was like the Memphis college football. It was Memphis versus, forget who they were playing, Navy or something. I think it was Navy, yeah. And Memphis was like 17-point favorites, and he was like, oh, there's no way. Like, Memphis will be able to stay with them. I mean, uh, Navy will be able to stay with them. And sure enough, Navy was up at the half, and then Memphis scored, got turnovers scored, ended up winning the game by 18 and covering. And that's when McAfee said he was just like, how do they do this? Like, they're so good. Because he even said he's like, he made a joke, or I don't know if it was a joke, but he was saying how he's like, there was games where I would be punting, and he's like, my groin would hurt really bad. He said my butt would hurt really bad from like, I think he said like banging out his wife or something the night before. And he said like he would be in so much pain. He's like, did they know I was hurting? Like, did they know (laughs) that my groin's hurting? And if I have to punt away in 40 mile an hour winds that they're probably going to get good field position and score. And he's like, it's just so crazy to me. So it's just kind of funny to see that you get professional players, guys that have actually played on the field in games and hear them even say how impressed they are that these odds makers, these guys that are making these lines, these very smart math guys and little, what do you want to call it, algorithms and stuff that they have are so good and so precise. And I mean, sure, you know, let's say there's 10 games in a day. Yeah, it's just probably numbers that if you're going to have a spread in all these games that there's, of course, going to be one or two games that are going to fall right at the number or close. But then, of course, there's always going to be those one or two games that are way off. I mean, for example, we we didn't even talk about this. There was another big college football upset, Illinois as 30 and a half yeah. point underdogs. And this is obviously all old news now, but Illinois nonetheless is 30 and a half point underdogs goes and beats Wisconsin. I never believed in Wisconsin. So that's why I didn't. But really like the biggest thing about that though, and this is what they call in the gambling world is that was considered a look ahead game. And we were, Luke and I were actually golfing when I found out they lost. And the first thing I said was, I'm curious who they play next week. I wonder if this was a look ahead game. And sure enough, who do they play this upcoming week? Ohio State on the road. So it was definitely a look-ahead game. They didn't give Illinois any respect. They didn't even well, think about Illinois. It was strange because they were actually – And they end up losing. They had a double-digit lead and let Illinois come back. Yeah, That's but, I mean, strange. they were 30-point favorites. Yeah, but Double-digit lead, they were supposed to win that game by five touchdowns. You think they would have woke up at halftime and been yeah. like, hey, it's too close right now. We got But I think they didn't. I think they thought, yeah. like, they can't score on us. They've shut out, like, three teams this year. Yeah, so their arrogance was there. And maybe you're right. I think the fact that they did have a double-digit lead in their heads, they were like, we've already done what we needed to do. We don't want to get any hurt. We won't do anything special. We got Ohio State next week. We don't want to show anything against Illinois. And ended up costing you. But that's why out there, you gamblers out there, always know look-ahead games are a real thing. I've seen it happen tons of times. You always want to know. Those are the big things in sports, yeah, but no, you always no, want to know who's playing next week. Yeah, you're always trying to find an advantage, but also it doesn't. It's not a hundred percent thing. Oh, of course, not. nothing. There's 100% a lot of teams thing. that take care of like, oh, look ahead and they take care. Oh of no, and, and you're right, and that goes down to being coached. And if, like you said, if you thought you know you never really believed in Wisconsin, maybe they're not as well coached as we might think. Yeah. All right. Is that a? Is that going to wrap us up? Yeah, I think we're good. Well, you've been listening to episode 140 of the Tony's Take podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. I'm Sean. Joined with me, we had off-road. I punt all day long, Andy. I don't even know how to answer that, (laughs) except thank you. (laughs) Tony Katz. Yes, thanks for listening. And special guest, executive producer Luke. See you later.